This is Katadata Podcast, a crafted selection of audio content from katadata.co.id with deep insights and storytelling on Indonesia's current affairs, business, and social issues. Hello, I'm Gundi Chayadi and this is Off the Script, a podcast series for Katadata. Each week, I'll bring you an interview with policymakers, business leaders, and social figures in Indonesia on a range of topics such as economics and financial markets, business and the digital economy, as well as sustainability and social affairs. We hope that this program will be a window for you to embrace and understand Indonesia better. Hello and welcome to another episode of Off the Script with me, Gundi Chayadi. And in today's episode, I'm speaking with Nikomang Ayu Suryani, CEO and founder of DefaLink. DefaLink is a social enterprise that provides a job network connecting people with disabilities and companies in Indonesia. Welcome to the show and good to have you with us, Suri. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Hi, Mas Gundi. How are you? Yes, good, good. I'm sure you're also doing fine. Um, just a little bit of background about Suryani or Suri as she is commonly called. Uh, Suryani graduated with a law degree from Udayana University in Bali. And from there, she started working as a volunteer in a foundation in Denpasar that focuses on empowerment of people with disabilities before starting Difaling in 2018. And of course, her purpose to have Difaling is that the company can create a more inclusive workforce in Indonesia. So let, let's start with that, Suri. Uh, what sort of inspiration you had when you started uh, Difaling? Could you share a little bit um, on that, please? All right. Honestly, this question is such a mandatory question, Yamasya, that everybody yes, yes. <laughs> will always ask me. So it was a personal experience, actually, back to December 2012. So it started... Um, I started to become a volunteer at one of foundations in Denpasar. And in that time, they had a training programs for youth with disabilities to develop their hard skill and soft skill to be ready to work. And it was my first time to interact with people with disabilities. And it's really changed my perspective and assumption about people with disabilities because previously I thought there were people who couldn't do normal thing like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they only exist in um, quote-unquote certain place, lying mm-hmm. down, waiting for government or any other rich people to come and giving them money, etc. It turns out they are more than it. So they have their own family, they have social media, they have smartphone, you know, but the way they move is different because they use wheelchair user, they use mobility ads, etc. And people with disabilities that I met in that time are super smart, super smart. They understood everything that I thought because Uh, I was a volunteer for basic English to teach them the conversation at the hospitality. Um, and 
I thought um, I was thinking in that time. What what should what will they do once the training finish? Because they will definitely go back to their village, right, and go back to their house. Will they do nothing or what? Because if they do, so what is the point of the training, right? So in that time, I thought someone or some people need to do something more once the training finish. But I didn't know what to. I I didn't know what to do in that time. Uh, but I feel like like the universe <laughs> helped me, or maybe they answered my questions because uh, in 2013, the end of 2013, I met a person from Barcelona who visited the foundation, and he asked me to collaborate for creating uh, a startup for people with disabilities. So it was uh, the first platform connecting people with disabilities to company in that time. So that is the starter of my journey to establish the filing. So I run uh, my first pro- uh, project with that person as a founding team. And after four years, and then I established my own social enterprise, which is the filing. The filing, yeah. Because I, I guess basically what you're saying is that um, initially you saw a gap between just providing them with skills, uh, but to ensure that they can use that skill and to to be more independent in in, exactly. in their own life. Yeah, exactly. Masmuni, yes. Okay, okay. So, uh, Suri, you know, it's it's interesting because right now the government has introduced a new law on person with disabilities with Indonesia, right? Basically, the law wants to ensure that there is equal rights and opportunities for people with disabilities. Um, yet, my reading of the data is still quite disturbing. You know, uh, according to the data from Databox, Databox is a product of Katadata. As of 2021, people with disabilities made up less than six percent of total employment in Indonesia, right? And of those employed close to 30% of them are still self-employed. And additionally, almost a total of 40% of them are either odd laborers or they are home-based workers. So basically, when we do the math, Suri, essentially uh, about two in three of those who have quote-unquote jobs, they are still basically not in the formal employment. <laughs> yes, Yeah. What are some of the main challenges you know that that um, they face in the workforce in Indonesia? Okay. So if if we're talking about disability issues, it is such a complex issues as is really huge issues. You know, like it hits so many aspects of life, whether it's education, work, you know, like health, etc., etc., and. The challenges actually comes from three sides, I might say, from people with disabilities, from government, and also from the companies itself. Okay, from the company side, some main challenges might be the qualifications in terms of age, gender, type of disabilities, and Sometimes the process of selections, for instance, some companies are still using 
psychology test for such a basic positions or back office position. And it becomes a challenge for people with ADHD, for example, or people mm. with autism or any right. other unseen disabilities. And right. we used to discuss with our partners in Holland because they are really good in ADHD in that place. And we asked them, what should we do to help the ADHD people so they will not find any difficulties uh, when the companies ask them to do psychology tests? But <laughs> surprisingly, our partners said, we don't use psychology tests here because companies here only use that for middle up position, especially for director, you know, like, why do you need psychology tests for like basic, basic job position or back office? You don't need to use that. But that's the thing. That's the challenge that we face in Indonesia, you know, um, maybe some of the HR has their own perspective, why they need such a like complicated test <laughs> for the position that you, you, I mean, it's, not that necessary to use psychology tests. I don't know, yeah. And also, from the people with disability side, well, we might say one of the challenges is the unready talent. I mean, maybe some of them they well they have a good education. Some of them, yeah. Even um, deaf people, blind people, even the ADHD one, they have a really good education. However, their insight about professionalism is not good enough. I mean, this is also the challenge for all of us, all of young people, right? Not, not only for people with disabilities. So uh, there is a gap how to, to match the demands and supply because in another side, the company said, we want to hire people with disabilities, but we don't know how to find them. And we don't know where, where to find them, you know, but in another side, the, the people with disabilities told us, it's really hard for us to find the job because we think um, the opportunities is not that much for us. And from the government side, okay, we already have the regulations. Our regulations, not only perfect, yeah, because we have several regulations, actually, not only um, for all of Indonesia, but also in the area, for example, in Denpasar City, Yogyakarta, you know, in some places we already have um, local regulations. However, the biggest homework is how to implement the regulation really good. <laughs> Because sometimes you are really good in theory, but zero in implementation. So that's the problem. But I'm, I'm just curious, Suri, like since you started, uh, what is it now? Like five, five years ago, right? 2018. Um, have things changed a lot? Like, you know, in terms of the perception from the companies, in terms of the attitude, the confidence level among people with disabilities to finding job. Have things changed a lot since you started in 2018? Or are they still pretty much the same as what you saw when you started defaulting? Um, I started um, to involve in this issue uh, since 2013. Right? Okay, okay. So 10 years ago. But in defaulting, yes, five years ago. I might say um, there are two 
two things, I mean like the positive side and the negative side. The positive side, if we compare the current situation with, well, 10 years ago, the number of companies who involve um, in inclusive workplace is getting bigger. Yeah, I mean like there are, I mean like month by month, year by year, we can see that the number of companies is increasing. They want to hire, the willingness is there. But it's still, you know, um, they still have like quotes in quotes qualifications as many of them are still have a strong stigma and also the mindset of companies. You know, I mean, like the mindset still, uh, it will need a lot of cost. It will need a lot of time to adjust with people with disabilities, which is not 100% true. I mean, it depends on what type of disability, right? And also, um, it depends on what is the qualification that you are looking for, because there are quite a lot of people with disabilities who have a good education. You know what I mean? I mean, like, for those kind of people, you don't need a lot of time to adjust. Well, well, for some kind of disability, for example, for blind people, deaf people, ADHD, yes, definitely you need some of adjustment, but the it, it's not that long. You know what I mean? And I think um, for whoever they are, even though for uh, people without disability, people also need to do the adjustment, right? And it just seems like that. It's It doesn't mean that you need like one month or two months, you know, like, yes, but, but because of the stigma is still really strong, it becomes the, what what we call, yes, the challenges. So it, it, it makes them um, only open the opportunities for certain disabilities, for example, only for physical disability. They don't want to hire deaf people or, or blind people, you know. But if, you know, like apparently deaf people, blind people, they are really good in specific job position. And, and some companies, they admit it. They admit it. But they said, okay, but not now. We just want to hire physical disability. So yes, that's the problem, you know. <laughs> we may say the, the, the yeah. mindset stigma. Mindset, yeah. But it, it's, you know, um, Defaling has worked with some major institutions, right? Along, uh, in, in, in the years um, since you started. Sorry, Telkom Indonesia, Alphamart, Novotel, Hotel and Resorts, and so on. I, I'm curious in terms of the challenges. In my mind, one of the key challenges will be in terms of the physical infrastructure for, employ, uh, for uh, workers with disabilities, right? Be it like, you know, a pro providing a wheelchair-friendly environment in the office and, and whatnot. What, what are some of the common uh, feedback that you get from your company partners in terms of the difficulty in ensuring that, that physical infrastructure is, is um, able, to, uh, you know, able to be adapted to uh, people with disabilities in their yes. offices? There were quite diverse feedback from our partners um, for multinational companies, for example. They don't have any, I mean, like 
they are already accessible the building itself because it's obligations for um, multinational companies right but for national companies for example well you mentioned alfamart and so on they realize that it's it's not that easy to only build uh, the access for for one person for for example so they start they start from um the most possible kind of disabilities to help so alfamart they open the opportunities for deaf people and also physical disability without wheelchair because they realize that they don't have any access for a wheelchair user so uh well we appreciate their their progress because um initially they only wanted to open the opportunities for physical disabilities um the 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 one who use mobility aids for example prosthetic legs you know and they they still had they they had a still darkness to open for deaf people however because we believe each other they listen to us and we appreciate them they want they start to open the opportunities for deaf people um and hopefully in the future they will start to build the accessibility for wheelchair user because right now finally they they start to open the opportunities for back office position and they also open it for wheelchair users so it it needs wow. six years for alpha mart to do yeah. that you know but we see <laughs> the, the progress right and alpha mart yeah. always become our uh, example to be shown to other companies so yes at least you try first uh, with the easiest thing to do and slowly but sure you will do the harder things <laughs> together with us yeah i want to come back to your earlier um point about how it's not only about the company and it's not only about uh, the the people with disabilities who are seeking employment but it's also about government it's about implementation of that policies right you say maybe they sound good in theory but implementation is another thing and at this at this juncture i mean i, I guess things are probably more difficult in the secondary cities you know because infrastructure is 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 limited right Maybe uh, a company can build a wheelchair accessible office, but to get to the office, it's not going to be easy for someone who is in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? So exactly. Th- yes. This this problem, I guess, it's still a big problem for Indonesia. I don't know you, your thoughts about it. You know, how is the government doing, especially on the secondary city, Suri? You know, not not so much your Jakarta, not so much maybe Bali is 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 not. Denpasar is. You know, it's more friendly for people with disabilities. But where where I'm from, for example, I'm from Bandar Lampung. You know, it's it's going to be very difficult for people with disabilities to find a job because the physical infrastructure is not so developed. Your thoughts on this, yeah? Of course, yes, because we had a very um, unpleasant experience because of the infrastructure as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in Ubud. In Ubud, in Ubud. okay, yes. yeah, of course, it yes. is, yeah, yeah, because, well, um, if we're talking about type of disabilities, blind is the hardest kind of disabilities to be helped, yeah, and in that time, finally, we could help one person with vision impaired to finally got job, 
and the job was at spa in Ubud. The salary was great. The salary was great. They provide a place to stay, etc., etc. However, because the infrastructure is was really bad, and the only transportation was only Gojek or Grab, so all of the salary, you know, like most of the salary, were gone because of goes to that transportation cost. <laughs> exactly. And that person told me, like, um, I do apologize. I couldn't do this job anymore because it's really expensive for me to live here, you know, like, because there was no accessible. And it got us very frustrated. I mean, like, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't build the good infrastructure because it was not our responsibility, you know what I mean? So, so we tried to think what kind of jobs that need to be done by people with disability. Yes, so, um, and it's also uh, affected by the COVID situation two years ago. We know that there were so many people who got fired and people with disabilities who were the first line who got fired. Why? Because most of the uh, type of job that they did were unskilled job or basic level jobs. So we thought, why should we we do so? They will have a good, you know, career or their job will be always needed in the future. And then we we comes with the idea to hold um, a program called DOPE. DOPE is Disability Empowerment for Professional Equality. So, so the focus for DOPE is helping them to learn about digital skills. And this year we focus on social media management. Which, uh, which is, there are three type of skills. If you want to, you know, involve in social media management, so you have to know about content writing, graphic designer, and social media strategies. Um, and the standardization for for people with disabilities who will join the DOE programs, they have to learn about the basic skills of content writing or graphic design previously. So the, the goal of DOPE is not for giving them the zero uh, the skill from zero, but for giving them the advanced skill, you know, because previously before DOPE, there were so many foundations and also government already gave the similar trainings. But it turns out companies said the portfolios were not enough. You know what I mean? So we need to do something that, that help them to make them 100% ready and the portfolios are good enough to enter the market. So yes, yeah, the purpose of DOE. So the homework is how to make people with disabilities are familiar with the digital and they want to learn it, you know what I mean? So they will have so many options in the future not only uh, for unskilled job because like i said previously there were so many good people with disabilities they have great education they are really smart you know what i mean but the opportunities are still not that much so yes that was the idea why we start uh, dope programs you know i think this is this is the point i was trying to make you know um uh, when we put together a growing digital economy in indonesia 
we put together uh, uh, basically lack of infrastructure, especially in the secondary city. And then uh, adding to that, the idea that COVID has changed the way people live, right? And, uh, people live and work, I guess. Uh, like as as you mentioned uh, before before the show, you mentioned that most of your team are now basically working from anywhere, right? So I just want to get your sense. I mean, has that environment, you know, the ability to work from home, ability to work from anywhere, uh, which basically sort of uh, quote unquote help to solve the infrastructure problem uh, and the growing digital economy has have that environment actually made it easier for people with disabilities to find a job you think or or is it a different challenge or or how do you read it yeah yes um i think it depends it depends what is our target i mean because disability is a huge community right but if yeah, we talk yeah, about yeah. people with disabilities in urban area is a huge opportunity for them for example we are running two programs right now yes and our our participants are coming from all over indonesia especially in the cities not uh, in the rural areas and we also we we deliver everything online even we use apps to to transfer the allowance using the apps the digital economy like you mentioned previously and there are no problem with that they they can access it you know that like they are familiar with it so yes they have a huge potential for that for work from anywhere but it depends on in which area because for rural area yes because they still lack of education lack of you know they are still lacking in everywhere so it's 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 it still needs a lot of work if he wants to help people with disabilities in rural area. But if you talk about urbans, yes, they have a huge potential. So in this year, in 2022, Microsoft launched the APEC Enabler Program. This is a global first for Microsoft, and it's a program that focuses on improving the employability of people with disabilities in Asia-Pacific. And I was made aware, Suri, that Difalink uh, is Microsoft partner in Indonesia to support this program. I just want to get your thoughts, uh, you know, if you share your uh, opinion on this and brief us about what sort of collaboration, what sort of support does DivaLink provide to Microsoft to basically uh, achieve um, the, the target of this program? Okay, first thing first, uh, we need to explain what is Microsoft Enabler programs, yeah. So Microsoft Enabler is a combination between the internship or full-time employment with mentoring for companies or employees with disabilities. So the collaboration that we will do uh, with the Microsoft, from Microsoft point of view, they will provide a mentoring for companies and people with disabilities because they already have the modules that they always use uh, from all over the world and from the following point of view we will help to find the companies that want to hire people with disabilities or at least want to provide the internship program for people with disabilities and also uh, we will help the Microsoft to find the uh, potential job seekers with disabilities that fits with the criteria of Microsoft enabler programs 
And we are still in the process of discussions about uh, the timeline, uh, partners, and so on and so on. And the plan is we will do the first event in December 2022. So hopefully, this is like... <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so, so basically, it's um, working together with Microsoft to sort of have a bigger reach in terms of this network that we are building to connect companies as well as um, uh, uh, people with disabilities who are seeking for employment. Am I right? That's right. that sums up yes. basically. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Exactly. You know, uh, Suri, the other very interesting thing that I found out about uh, Defaling and and yourself is that um, you are a big fan of the Korean boy band BTS. You know, and and I was made aware. That you also belong in the BTS army. This is, of course, the fan club of the band. Uh, you know, I, I was made aware of BTS of my from my five year old daughter. That's uh, I didn't know about their music before that, but um, they are good. And and you know, it's it's great that you, you know you are you are passionate about this. That you belong in the fan club of the band. But it's also amazing that Defaling gets to have a collaboration with BTS Army. Um, you know, to support. Uh, Defaling's program in Indonesia. Could you share more details about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, say hi to your daughter. Hi, Army. I part you, yeah, Borahe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, it started, um, the idea was started in July 2021 because BTS had a new song in that time. The title was okay. Permission to Dance. And okay. I don't, I don't know that song, by the way. Oh, you don't know? You should see the the MV. Yeah? So okay. they use sign language uh, in their choreography, ah. uh, Korean sign language okay. and international sign language, which it took uh, a lot of attention of army. They want to learn yeah, about yeah. sign language because of that, ah. you know. And even okay. um, there are some people who react uh, for the yeah. uh, MV. Especially for yeah. deaf people, because they surprise. They say like, "Oh my God, they do sign." <laughs> they say like that, yeah. and yes. we we saw that. Wow, we need to do something because people, you know, like they they try they they start to focus or or learn about sign language. So we tried to talk with Army. Well, Army, Army, um, we move using telepathy because army is not like an organization that have a secretary you know and um the master etc etc but we we move like spontaneously <laughs> you know what i mean so when i ask some of um communities of army to do something in commemorate the international disability day in 2021 so they they, they really want, they eager to do it. So we held some activities. For instance, we held um, class uh, for sign language. So they can uh, learn sign language, Bahasa Indonesia, Bahasa Isyarat Indonesia, or Bisindo, uh, that are only for 100 people. But the applicants, like, almost like um, 200 something in that time. So they they were really excited to learn about sign language, and they also helped the filing to do fundraising, and they collaborate with Grab in that time, 
um, endlessweekitabisa.com and benihbaik.com and uh, they use the money to help people with vision impaired to be able to do internship in some companies and we we start uh, the internship programs this year um, there were six people with vision impaired they already have content writing skills and we collaborate with um, five companies including Bukalapak yeah so yeah army did a great job thank you very much army and and uh regarding why we help people with vision impaired because that i previously mentioned people with vision impaired are the hardest type of disabilities to be helped right and army opened the gate for them to at least they they have the experience to do internship so they did it online they did it um, from their own house and they could pass the internship programs really very, very great. And some of them, two of them, they have, you know, like freelance job after they finish yeah. the internship programs. So that's really cool. Wow. Thank you. I guess this is, this, is, this is the amazing thing, right, Suri, about, about how... Um, I, I guess, you know, this is, this is really on, on tangent, but like how K-pop has... Um, transform the world and and it has come to Indonesia in terms of collaboration with you guys to try to encourage people with disabilities to find uh, employment it's it's amazing you know my my producer just screaming at me that that I should <laughs> probably listen to like BTS songs non-stop <laughs> after this episode and um, I should also I should also learn about this uh, Bisindo you know the, the, the sign language for uh, Bahasa Indonesia to sort of support uh, the initiatives that you guys are doing with uh, BTS Army. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. But sorry, I, I so just wanna um, ask you. I think at at this uh, point is that um, has there been any um, story or experience you know over the last five years you are with Defaling, where you feel like Defaling has made a real significant social impact to people with disabilities you know something that keeps you motivated day in and out to continue to to grow the business right this is this is a business that you build has there been any of those uh, moments you know suri okay or maybe that moments we call impact yeah, because you mentioned about yeah impact yeah that's right. that's right that's right okay well if we talk about impact honestly it is still a long journey for us to really achieve the greatest impact. Yeah. However, by witnessing the progress at the falling, you know, the number of job seekers with disabilities is getting bigger day by day. Even the number of people who got hired, as well as the number of companies who involve an inclusive workplace for people with disabilities also getting bigger. And even the defiling programs, got supported by other organizations, you know? And those things give us a proof that our existence is needed and people start to believe in our vision. And once people got hired and they sent us a message and say, thank you for establishing filing, it gave us a tremendous energy and spirits. And we <laughs> realized that, okay, so I think we still 
we need to keep going no matter mm-hmm. how hard the journey is because it's really hard you know and yeah, some people yeah. say like why why do you want to run Diwali and some people yeah, said yeah. is the money a lot <laughs> because they only yeah. think about the money okay well everybody <laughs> loves money of course but if yeah. we only think about the money instead of you know i mean like the social impact or environment impact we cannot imagine what will happen <laughs> in this society you know what i mean so i think um it gives uh, a new hope for people with disabilities because they start believing our vision and we believe in each other you know every time uh, when i or my team say like oh my god it's really hard you know Like, do you you think we still need to continue this? Oh yes, of course. <laughs> you no, know, like we already have yeah. more than two hundred, two thousand and five hundred people from all over Indonesia. So what what should we do for those people if we stop? You know what I mean? So yes, uh, we celebrate uh, the small progress that made yeah. us to keep yeah. going. You celebrate you celebrate the small victories, right? Exactly. You, you always have a big yes. target, but you celebrate the small victories. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, yes. uh, I'll I'll come back to this topic a little bit later on, but at this point in time, I also want to ask you about the state of you know social enterprise in Indonesia. I'm sure uh, this is one of my favorite questions to ask social enterprise founders, but I'm sure uh, being a social enterprise founder, you meet with people in in the same. Uh, um, environment as you and you know who who have passion about what they do to try to make social impact in indonesia H- how is the scene like in in indonesia you know like uh do you think that there is more and more younger uh, people who want to join social enterprise basically not just uh, uh looking for profits but profits with uh, social impact and so on okay I think I think social enterprise is getting famous in Indonesia. So they claim that in Indonesia there are 300,000 of social enterprises in 2018. So currently it might be less or maybe more. Hopefully it will be more, yeah. But when I see uh, on social media, you know, like there are more programs that help young people who wants to become a social entrepreneur because we know it's really hard to keep the balance uh, between profit and social thing social impact you know it's not the easy things and there are so many organizations that um, hold an events or programs for helping those those people so it made me think okay so people Um, already start to think more about social enterprise because we believe social enterprise is the ideal model for business for our society you know because people not only thinking about profit they, they think about three aspects profit social and environment that and, and it's the thing that we have to do actually right so um Well, there are there are several social enterprises that really you know really good. For example, if you are familiar with Du Anyam, Du Anyam is really famous. You know, like they help pregnant women in Flores through yeah. weaving, and we through also weaving, have yeah. yes, and we also have Garda Pangan that focus on food waste management. 
They are based in Surabaya. And we also have from Kalimantan, it's named Handep Harue. So they help indigenous women and farmers and ratan farmers in Kalimantan through weaving. So they are everywhere now and their movement is just amazing. Of course, there are so many challenges, you know, because like I previously mentioned, it's not easy to make everything balance, <laughs> but they keep doing it anyway because they are very passionate. Yeah. But I guess I guess that 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 growing ecosystem also provides uh, more collaboration, perhaps Suri, uh, in the future for defaling with the other, uh, not only the the you know the the, the classic uh, companies, but also with other social enterprise. I, I just want to yeah, I just want to get your sense also, and and we are coming to towards the end of the, the show, but I just want to get your sense. In terms of your goals for defaling going forward, you know your long, your long-term goal. I guess you mentioned a little bit about how it's important to 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 celebrate that small, that small victories, right? Uh, but what is your longer-term goal for defaling going forward? At, at what point do you think uh, you will be satisfied, you know, with the social impact that you create in in Indonesia? Okay. I think I will be satisfied once um, people with disabilities will have a decent career, not only a decent job, but also career. And they will no longer discriminate in participating at the workplace. So if we talk about the main goal of defiling is we want to become the most reliable and impactful company in creating inclusive workplace for people with disabilities in Indonesia. So. Yes, we realize that there are still long journeys to achieve that goal, but at least we will keep going to move. Yeah, even though the frustrations uh, grow on you, right? But I think you must you must understand that uh, you must always remember that your very first uh, insp- inspiration is to really to help people with disabilities uh, to to sort of find not only job but but a career right yes right so maybe as a closing question suri uh i i just want to get your thoughts maybe some tips about how you, you know you you have the energy to sort of run this uh social enterprise defaling for five years and you still want to do it for uh, i don't know how how, how much time but Basically, to to ensure that uh, what sort of inspiration you have, what sort of target you have, can be reached going forward, um, could you share some tips and you know maybe some advice to some of the audience who are listening, who who maybe also get inspired to start their own uh, social enterprise going forward? Well, running a social enterprise is like you are doing a marathon. Yes, you have to maintain your energy. I mean, the energy, for example, like you have to remember what is the first goal that you want to achieve because social enterprise will be done if we lose two kind of energies, Maskundi. The first one is money, which we can always find a way to looking for money, right? But the second one is the energy inside you. <laughs> if you lose the patience or it's over. 
yeah so that's why before you start social enterprise you need to write down and ask yourself ask yourself over and over again why do you want to run a social <laughs> enterprise yeah do you yeah. want to be a rich person or what because if you want to be yeah. a rich person close it <laughs> don't do it because it's it's not the the exact the most way profitable it's not the most profitable exactly, yeah exactly exactly so yes you need to uh, have a good conversation with you with yourself about what is the motivation the main motivation and i think uh, you you have to start to um like uh appreciate the small progress because sometimes we thought that we don't have uh, we don't move anywhere but in fact we do the progress you know like that uh, that's that's the thing that you have to appreciate your team or yourself because you need to celebrate it you know like don't yeah, be too hard yeah. to yourself um you have to always uh say your vision to your team because you have to make sure you and your team have the similar vision because um, running social enterprise it means you and your team must have the same energy the same vision you know because if not yes it's done so that's my uh, you know my advice for for, for social entrepreneurs uh, don't think that it's a uh, short journey because it's a marathon yeah thank you for that you know and obviously that was a fascinating conversation uh, for me and uh, we really thank you Suryani for for what you have been doing with defaling to try to help uh, people with disabilities in Indonesia we know it's, it's a really big challenge uh, for yourself it's a big challenge for them and it's a big challenge for for defaling to try to get like you said, not only job, but uh, a proper career for people with disabilities in Indonesia. But from, from the bottom of our hearts at Katadata, we thank you and you know, we hope at some point uh, we, can, we can help to support whatever initiatives that, that you have at Defaling. Thank you for coming to the show, Suri. Thank you, Mas Gundi and Katadata teams. Thank you. I'm your host, Gundi Chayadi. Thank you for listening Off The Script Podcast from Katadata. You can listen Katadata Podcast on our website, katadata.co.id, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and even Katadata Indonesia YouTube channel.